Let's go in-depth on Hawkeye Sports with the Des Moines Register. It's time for Hawk Central, powered by G Miggs Fifth Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. Here we go with Hawk Central on 1460 KXNO. Big thanks to our buddy George at G Miggs for stepping up as a sponsor once again here for this great program. We have got some news that came out today that we want to talk about that affects Hawkeyes and Hawkeye fans for the next several years. But, Chad, we've got some program news that affects our listeners here this year uh i guess we can break this now right yeah pretty pretty exciting i think for us i mean uh assistant coach access is very very restrictive in season um for iowa football media basically and uh we have secured um for the season um one assistant coach per week during during the season um so we'll have them on this show every week uh time might fluctuate each time yeah and i'm not 100 percent if it starts next week or the week after but uh, got the okay from um, the main boss, uh, Kirk Ferentz. Terrific. That, so. <laughs> that's, that's the guy we needed the approval from. So that's awesome. So that's, that'll be fun. That'll be exciting. It's always fun because we get to chat with Mark Emmert anyway. Mark, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. Now, are those coaches in addition to me or instead yeah. of me? Yeah, uh, well, that's that's the thing. We were going to talk to you about that. There will be an email that comes <laughs> oh, later. Man. Yeah. It'll be the headline, uh, sorry for the news. Uh, just pretend you're auditioning for something here in the next 50 minutes. <laughs> Mark, before we – you have had a chance to have some really great stories here this last week. I know you you know, you know, sometimes like to step outside of just the uh, X's and O's of sports, and I know you got to do some of that human interest stuff this week. I, your piece on the uh, uh, the the, uh, the Tibbetts, the young man, that uh, oh. that was amazing. Very well done. Oh. Yeah, good Thank job, you. Mark. Yeah, that was uh... – that was a tough assignment, as you can imagine, because that, that community is still reeling. But uh, but uh, very impressed with their response. And mm. that, that was uh, as normal a night as they could make that under the circumstances. And you could just tell it what it meant to those kids and those fans um, to be able to, just, to enjoy a high school football game for a change. At some point in the conversation here, we're going to get to another one of Mark's articles that made some news. He got a chance. Uh, he <laughs> quoted Sutton Smith accurately, by yep, the way. Quoted, always. Quoted Sutton Smith. Always. And, uh, and that has turned into some uh, uh, locker room material, and we'll get into that uh, in a little while. But, Chad, first, the news of the day that really does Hawkeye fans are buzzing about this because we get a clearer picture of what the next several years look like for Hawkeye football. Yeah, Big Ten released uh, four fresh Big Ten schedules, uh, 2022 through 2025. And kind of tucked in there are the crossover partners for a six-year stretch. Now, they haven't announced the 26-27 seasons yet, but Iowa has Rutgers is your new rival Shed in the Big Penn Ten State. Yeah, Red Penn State. Yeah. And bring in Rutgers to the schedule on a yearly oh, basis. Man. Need a trophy. Need a trophy. Oh, Get that's a that. good idea. What is the trophy? Gosh, I don't know. It's it's got to be something of the contrast of the rural and the city, right? There's got to be yeah. something of like, you know, big city versus big farms or something like that. I don't know what it. I saw some good tweets today about I, you know, now that Iowa won the pinstripe bowl, that you know they're being New York's team that they really, you know, kind of <laughs> embrace this rivalry now <laughs> out good. there. That's so, pretty good. <laughs> a photo of Wadley holding the pinstripe trophy. There were some other things on this, though, Chad. Not just that the Hawkeyes go from Penn State to Rutgers every year, yeah. but just let's focus on the West for a minute and the Hawkeye opponents. Wisconsin, who had Ohio or no, who had Michigan, now goes to Ohio State. 
Yeah, and uh, Scott Docterman at the Athletic reported that this was all a random draw. Mm-hmm. So it's just like drawn out of a hat, mm-hmm. and Iowa got Rutgers, and Wisconsin got Ohio State. So this is what I asked the Big Ten: if it really was random, why didn't they make the most of that and have it on BTN? Yeah, right. I mean, that just told, cool. Just told Chris you could have had the you could have two wasn't random. <laughs> you could have had two top hats: one sponsored by Geico, one sponsored by State Farm Insurance. You could have pulled from the East hat a team, pulled from the West hat a team. Yeah, made a huge deal about this. That would have been pretty cool. Yeah, but I, yeah. but something tells me that they really wanted to make sure <laughs> that Wisconsin didn't end up with the, you know a Rutgers. Yeah, so it just so happened that Wisconsin, the best team in the West, ends up with the dynamic team of the East, and then uh, Nebraska picks up Michigan after, and they had Ohio State in the last arrangement. They, just, so. they switched, right? Basically, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then the big winner, who I think. Some people are are buzzing about on Big Ten East media. How about Penn State? Penn State goes from Iowa to Illinois, <laughs> and and you're Ohio State thinking we got to beat these guys for a division title. <laughs> we got to play Wisconsin every year, and Penn State gets Illinois. I mean, what an advantage for Penn State. Mark, do you have they ever talked in the time that you've been covering the Big Ten why they don't make this a more regular type of rotation? Has that ever been brought up? In terms of not not having the same team for six years. Exactly right. Yeah, like I think you could yeah. make this more cyclical and you wouldn't have to wait 15 years to host Ohio State and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they haven't, and that's a great question because it is, does seem kind of uh, unfair on one level <laughs> that uh, what we just talked about. I mean, Iowa Rutgers could not be more random. <laughs> I agree that is that, true. <laughs> but those Nebraska-Wisconsin matchups uh, that they got, that, those don't seem random. That seems calculated. So I don't know what they're doing there. It does It does open up the possibility of some shenanigans though i can see why people might think that so the other ones are minnesota michigan state northwestern maryland so they traded in michigan state for maryland mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. purdue keeps indiana uh so that okay. wasn't i like that yeah because that's the in-state yeah, deal but um so anyway uh there's other stuff i in would here. i would definitely a big winner in that penn state a big winner in that and i've i've seen so many people i mean some people yeah. like making fun of i you know iowa for having records this and, and even iowa fans saying oh this sucks but wouldn't you want your team to get to the big 10 title game yeah, i mean there's i do understand that though chad because explain to me as a season ticket holder yeah. i wanted great teams coming to yeah. iowa mm-hmm. now obviously i'm yeah. i i hold out that hope that i was going to win those games but man in july my buddies and i would sit in a garage on the east side and start getting excited about what those games were going to be and it was never Illinois that got us excited. It was it was Michigan. You know the, what what it was. Nebraska, Michigan, Iowa State, Ohio State, Penn State. Yeah. That's it. And and Rutgers is a long ways down that list. So I think that's what that moaning yeah. and groaning was more about. I would assume are people that actually have tickets and yeah. want to see great teams. So what the other thing that's kind of interesting is so obviously as you, uh, the backstory here is there's nine game conference schedules now, and that's why they do it this way. And then you rotate the other two other teams um every three years so what's interesting is in 2022 the two teams iowa drew uh, on top of rutgers are michigan and ohio state so that year there we go is you know (laughs) made up for their teams there right Ah. (laughs) careful what you (laughs) ask for (laughs) (laughs) and that same in uh, 2025 which would be kirk france's last year under his contract um he won't get there probably it'll be the year after he signs a contract extension i guess what you meant to say (laughs) And then the other ones are uh, Michigan State, Penn State. The next year, that's not much easier. No, no. Okay, and so then, see, you're getting you're getting that. Then you're still getting some. Yeah. And then Ooh. 2024, though, then it's Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana. So that's the year to make hay. There's that. There's the 12 and 0. 
<laughs> Calling it save now. it save it now right two eight four five nine six six if uh something about this scheduling jumped out to you we'd love to hear from you brian wanted to uh join us here on hawk central brian thanks for the phone call here on kxno how are you hey there i'm i'm really good um chad this is brian they wrote you that led to the chad greenway story oh nice red hair goofy mustache kind of looks like opie cunningham <laughs> and anyway um you got to see the silver lining recruiting opportunities in new jersey mm, get that pipeline going again very that's a very good silver lining brian and really not that dark of a cloud i mean we're not talking no, about no, yeah. No, no. <laughs> yeah but i like that finding the, that that's a good positive to pull from this right chad well yeah i mean you go you know you got emir smith marset now kind of um i mean he's gonna get yep. to uh, i guess maybe he'll miss 2022 but uh, you know, you've got a pipeline, a, a miniature pipeline at this point. But yeah, brought in a certainly couple, an opportunity. One yeah, one farm, high school. Farm that territory. There you go. That's and, and not I bad. I think the, the trophy, to me, is something about missing an airplane or delayed airplane, standing in an airport. Oh, perfect. I like it. That's pretty good, Brian. Appreciate it. There you go. <laughs> the layover trophy, something like that. you got to mm, have like yeah. Yeah, yeah, no direct flights. Yeah, there's yeah. got there's got to be a way to incorporate the, the city and the country there. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's yeah. the, the city city meets the country. Something like that. Anyway, We've got time to figure it yeah, out. Yeah, we don't, and and we aren't going to get paid enough to come up with it anyway. <laughs> they aren't going to care what our ideas are. Dan calling in from Des Moines. How are you, Dan? I think it's Subway with John Deere colors. What do you think? Oh, that's that's Ooh. good. Yeah, really good. Really yeah, like that. Win me a cup. Do I win a cup of coffee? Yeah, <laughs> I'm in. Let's let's draw it up. I think it's just a great unique idea. Yeah, it's what crazy you, enough to work. What do you got that's for us here, Dan? That's all I had to offer. Oh, I love it. Honestly, if, you, <laughs> all right. if, if, if Stoops ends up at Rutgers, don't assume it's going to be a W. Oh, that's true. Wouldn't yeah. that be something? Yeah. I mean, that's, Thank you, guys. That team could get better. Yeah, right. Right? Ross does not think so, and I'd probably. I just, I you know, like, no, it, but I mean. Uh, could, 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 yes, could the answer is could they get better? Yes. Yeah, they could. I don't think they will. Yeah. I just I think in five years Rutgers is still Rutgers. That's going up on their bulletin board right now. <laughs> <laughs> Ross Peters. They won't they won't attribute to anybody, just somebody in Iowa. When we get back, we'll we'll get into what Mark was uh, kind of alluding to there. Mark had a chance to uh chat with Sutton Smith and some of those words ended up on the locker room wall uh for the yeah, Iowa Hawkeyes. Why is that? We'll find out next here on Hawk Central fourteen sixty KXNO. Everything you need to know about the Hawkeyes, it's Hawk Central with the Des Moines Register, powered by G-Mig's Fifth Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. Welcome back to Hawk Central here on 1460 KXNO. Here, here, we are here with you for about another half hour. Cardinals baseball will take over around 6.20. Chad, was there some stuff on that scheduling conversation that you feel like we should uh, we should add here? Yeah, let's finish this conversation. A okay. uh, couple interesting tidbits. Iowa-Nebraska return to the end of the season rivalry on Black Friday, um, so that's a good thing, right? I like it. Yeah, I love that. That kind of, seemed like both teams. You, wanted see, you it. said that's a question. Is there a question there? Or? Well, the, the, there was a you know the, the end with Wisconsin in 2020 and 2021, and that stirred some yeah. controversy or whatever discussion. I could care less, but <laughs> to me, I guess it didn't. It, Mark, I mean, as a fan, it didn't matter to me that it was necessarily Nebraska. I just loved the fact that there was a good opponent that seemed like there could be some implications for mm-hmm. down the road. Maybe a, a division title is on the line at that point. You put Wisconsin in that place, it, you still have that exact same conversation in my mind. 
I agree. I think it's actually a better opponent, yeah. honestly, but but that's fine. Either way, you're right. It's a, it's a good end-of-season matchup. Like th- uh, this year, for instance, I would much rather swap those games. It'd be it look yeah. for, be, look like a much more exciting season if that Wisconsin Iowa game were on Black Friday. That's true. Uh, this year, yeah. yeah. A couple other interesting tidbits in the 2022 and 24 seasons. Iowa's final two games, both those years, are home against Wisconsin, then Nebraska. That's so, this is 22 and 24. Correct. Okay. Mm. And Ross and I were talking off air about the 24 schedule. Remember, we just talked about this. Yeah. The crossovers are right. Indiana, Maryland, and Rutgers that year. Who knows what those programs will be like, right. but we have a decent idea. Uh, they have. We also looked it up. They have not set the national championship site for that season yet, so you can't book your hotels yet. <laughs> but we are hypothesizing it could be in Minneapolis. <laughs> so <laughs> we're just la- we're having fun. Two eight four two eight four five nine six six. If you're excited about the, the boards you're excited up. about the twenty twenty four playoff <laughs> as much as Chad and I are. Let us know. Troy is up next. Will we here still on, be employed? Then? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where will we be working in twenty twenty four? Troy from Urbandale. How are you, sir? Hey guys, uh, appreciate your coverage and your breakdown last week in the register is great. Thanks, man. Um, but I wanted to ask you about the UNI thing. I know. Um, I think you mentioned that it's a good thing. Do you think Iowa fans want to see that game? Is it is it a good thing with the nine-game conference schedule? I guess that's what I thought maybe you were leaning towards in the context of another tough conference game added. You're talking about Northern Iowa? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. It's good for the state. Uh, it's probably a, a good win you're going to sell out the stadium you're going to get people talking about both teams um that's one i'm very much in favor of um especially and and i the big Ten's gone back to allowing these fcs games in uh in years in which they have five road games yeah. in the nine games troy how do you feel about it as a fan i'm not interested in that game as a fan but i, I don't have season tickets anymore i never root against you and i because they're at a different level mm-hmm. i always root for them this game is kind of like a tough game for me to follow because in football they're on different levels. So well, I guess I, I like to see you play a Division One team. Well, here, here's what I would counter with, Troy. Part of the schedule released today is um, Iowa released non-conference opponents for four different years. Kent State is the 2021 edition. Now, I, to me, I would rather face Northern Iowa. That's a great – And I don't think That's exactly any, where the conversation should go, Chad. And, Troy, would you rather – you're more excited about Kent State because right now that's the type of team you're talking about replacing them with. That is not a great choice either. <laughs> I say, Kent State reminds me of the throwback game when, you know, when they had the throwback unis. Mm-hmm. That was that game, 2004. Neither. I want to see neither game. Okay. So, yeah, Troy, I'm, and I'm with you, by the way, if you're if the premise is we're going to get rid of you and I and we're going to bring in even like a pit, right. you know, a mid-level Division One team, still a power five, I'd be all right with that. It's when it's not going to happen. Exactly right. The, the conversation we're really having is if you get rid of the you and I's and the South Dakota states, then you're bringing in the Kent states. Um, it doesn't, doesn't move mm-hmm. the needle. I hear what you're saying. In this context, it doesn't matter what the fans think. They're going right. to schedule what they're going to schedule. Troy, thanks for the phone call, buddy. Appreciate it. So the other ones are South Dakota State, which we just referenced, yep. 2022. Uh, maybe Jaden Snyder, Brandon's brother, will be a oh. fifth-year senior there, Mark. Um, Illinois State, 2024, another FCS team. 
in Northern Illinois again, 2025. So that's so you're not getting the Notre Dames, Arkansas, right. and it looks like Iowa State's going to be part of those schedules as well. Uh, not finalized, but I, I don't see that changing. We were going to talk a little bit. I mean, we should talk a little bit about Northern Illinois. But okay, uh, Mark, sure. you're the guy that got to chat a little bit with Sutton Smith. First of all, tell us a little bit about the. We've heard a lot of hype about him. We've seen the videos. We know he's a really good defensive end. What was your takeaway? Uh, really engaging kid. I really enjoyed the interview. He's uh, he's a guy that uh, you ask him a question, he gives an immediate answer, and it's uh, first thing off the top of his head, and it's exactly what he believes. So when he uh, when he says that he believes they can play with Iowa and they're not going to be intimidated, I think that's exactly what he means. Um, it, I think it comes off maybe a little bit more arrogant in print than it was just listening to him live, because I think it was just kind of almost funny just to talk to this guy. But he's uh, he's a big believer in himself, and uh, for good reason. He's an All-American last year with 14 sacks, and uh, and against some power teams, too. They did play Nebraska and Boston College and Duke last year, uh, and they're playing Iowa what Utah and Florida State this year, so they do schedule up. They're yes, not they do. To play bigger teams, and so uh, I thought he was, uh, you know, obviously a great player. Came there as a running back. He's a star running back in high school. They changed his defense. He's undersized for his position, although he doesn't see it that way certainly. <laughs> but six one two forty one, and he can get after the quarterback. Uh, just watch the tape of this guy. He could really, really scoot. So he's a he's a handful, and he knows it. But he did say he told me three times that that's kind of his credo is. I'm going to punch him in the mouth. That's what that's what he, he said, and uh, I'm sure he's back, backing away from that comment. And then that comment ended up uh, somewhere in the, was the Iowa weight room today. I, I kind of thought it might work its way back to the Hawkeye players because uh, it is a very provocative statement. But uh, apparently they've uh, they posted that somewhere, and one of the players can see it. That his intention is to come and punch these guys in the mouth on Saturday. Chad, how often does that happen? The locker room material stuff. Is that a well. weekly deal? Well, we don't get to take weekly tours of the board oh, okay. material, okay. but uh, <laughs> when stuff like this services, uh, I mean, I, I imagine they they're always always looking for motivational edges. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know that's why not. I mean, the guy said it. Uh, yeah. Know, hey, this guy's coming into Kinnick Stadium. You to, should let him know. Yeah, yeah. this guy coming. You guys in might want to be aware face. of this number exactly fifteen, right? Uh, which is what Nate Stanley referred to him as yesterday, <laughs> number fifteen. So. Um, that's accurate. Yeah, but Mark, yeah, Mark said, Mark said they they misquoted him just a bit in the bullet board material. Can you explain this to us, Mark? We had a guy on from uh, from Northern Illinois earlier in the show, and he uh, he said the guy's name was Eddie Carifio. He's the sports editor of the Daily Chronicle in DeKalb, and he said, uh-huh. "Listen, Mark Emmert had the quote right in his story, but he was talking about Nebraska in that first quote. Exactly that first quote. Yeah, they t- he said last year. I asked him like." They, they beat Nebraska last year in Lincoln, twenty-one seventeen, in week three. And I asked him what you know what that did for his team's confidence, and he said it shows we could play with anybody. And, uh, and the last part of his quote was, "We knew we were better. We were the better team." And uh, the quote that's on the Iowa locker room says, "We know we are the better team," which implies that he said they were better than Iowa. Which honestly, if I'd asked him that question, he probably doesn't think they're better than Iowa. <laughs> Not what he said. <laughs> so there's a little bit of gamesmanship going on here with these quotes, which I find really, really amusing. That's really good. That's funny that you. I'm glad you have the right attitude about it, Mark. Because some writers would be upset yeah. that they were uh, misquoted. That's uh, yeah. the right way to go about it. it seems so like. It, do you guys think that that's is that? I mean, I don't. I don't think it's like unethical or anything like that. Obviously, but no. do you think? But it was intentional. It was intentional. Yeah, think, good point. Yeah, I think and so. Yeah. What the? Yeah. I mean, the players probably didn't read your story. Not every one of them. No offense, oh. Mark. I beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> They're big fans of my work. <laughs> Mark, what is what does Iowa do to stop this guy? We know that they've got some uh, moving parts at tackle. So what what's the plan? Yeah, they do. They got 
they got three guys that are going to rotate in there. Uh, they got three guys we all talked about, Paulson, Ferguson, and Kallenberger. Uh, you know, I asked something about that because he said last year, uh, the second half of the season, he saw a lot of different teams against him because teams really were kind of on to him. He had five tackles for loss against Boston College in their opener last year. Jeez. So he was not a surprise uh, by the end of that season. And uh, so he said he thinks he's kind of seen it all, but he knows that, that offensive coordinators are going to show him some new things. But he says he's got some new tricks himself. But I think he saw a lot of tight ends stay in. He said he saw a lot of running backs uh, trying to chip on him. Um, he saw teams kind of run right at him or try to run right at him because he's, he's a little bit small. So that, that theory. And, uh, and according to him, he was able to kind of deal with all that because uh, he can adjust as the game goes on. He, he's just very confident that his speed is going to make up for whatever you try to do and his leverage because he's, he thinks uh, his leverage is a big advantage for him being only 6'1". So uh, hmm. uh, that's going to be very interesting to see. I think it's the game within the game there, I think it's really, really fascinating. When we and get back... decide not to do anything. Yeah, when we get back, we will uh, dive into to Northern Illinois a little bit more. We probably should get an update on exactly what the field conditions look like because yeah. yesterday there were some tweets floating around. Huh, floating around. Uh-huh. Didn't look good. We'll get to that next on Hawk Central 1460 KXNO. Everything you need to know about the Hawkeyes, it's Hawk Central with the Des Moines Register, powered by G-Mix Fifth Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. Leading you up to Cardinals baseball here in about uh, 18 minutes or so. Hawk Central will roll along right up till that point. We've got Mark Emmert, Chad Leistico hanging out with us. Chad, I did notice yesterday some tweets that started moving around. I think most of most Hawkeye fans that are on Twitter saw these uh, photos of what first looked like a flooded north end zone, and then eventually the field was really, for the most part, underwater. He had a few floating pockets in there. What's the condition of the field right now? What was Iowa's response to this? Yeah, they. Uh, I've been actually in contact with some of those folks over there all day, um, just trying to nail down the updates uh good news the field will be ready to play saturday that's the main thing you need to know there was some mud and gravel that had accumulated uh but the and they're working with the field turf people over the next 24 to 48 hours just to make sure the field is completely clean and stable and all that stuff but uh good to go but it was a little bit weird looking did they did they say anything from the university? Was this a byproduct of the recent construction? Was it just the uh, massive rains? What? The university said it was not. They said it was just okay. a lot of rain in a short amount of time, which we here in Des Moines know yeah. all about right. uh, from a recent uh, major major storm. So it can happen. It, it can the floods can come in a hurry and they can recede in a hurry, and mm-hmm. that's that's mostly what happened. Good deal. Okay, so much ado about nothing with that. I think so. Okay, yeah, terrific. I, yeah, well, uh, sixty-seven thousand fans expected on saturday well you get everybody in there screaming that's going to dry things up right away <laughs> right mark isn't that how it works well it's supposed to rain saturday so oh. stay tuned yeah. i didn't know that i had not looked that far ahead all right what have we what have we learned this week from iowa football interviews chad is there something that uh this week is kind of newsy yeah i mean they're going to rotate the three tackles as we mentioned but okay. I, I, just to piggyback off the sutton, sutton smith um uh, conversation. I kind of think they're not going to do anything special. Just reading into yeah. the quotes, that's, that's possible. I mean, they, they say don't like two, right? No, they don't like to, and and they don't like the idea of taking two guys to take take on one. And uh, they feel like they've faced just as good of players in practice. Anthony Nelson, Parker Hesse, AJ Epinesa. I mean, that that is a position of strength on their defense. So. We'll see. We'll see what they do. But that that's one th- they're going to rotate Kallenberger, Paulson and and Ferguson um at those tackle spots, kind of see who plays best, I think. 
Um, Mark, go, you, and go you sound there. like you're you're on board with that. Uh, you know, don't worry about trying anything special, putting two guys on Smith, anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it just seemed to be consistent with their philosophy. I mean, they mm-hmm. don't like to turn themselves inside out, game planning for individual players. I mean, offensively or defensively, they like their base stuff. They think it's good enough to, to succeed. So I guess, I mean, now we'll find out. That's, that's what's so great about it. Well, Mark, we're, we're back up his words or not. Right. We're, we're days away from uh, the ball flying here. What's the story with linebacker? Just as fluid as tackle? Not quite. I mean, I think it's fluid at one spot. I, I, it sounds like I think Jones and Neiman, and Chad can correct me if he thinks I'm wrong, but I think Jones and Neiman are kind of set. They're going to start with Christian Welch, but, uh, but Kurt Farron said that it's still a four or five, and he said even six man competition. Wow. Uh, but I really seven. think it's a three man competition for that one, for that last spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just can't imagine that. They're really going to rotate six guys, do you think, Chad? No, but he did quickly say that if someone's not performing, they'll get him out of there. They'll get him out there, yeah. And so, and if somebody does perform well, they'll keep him in. Yeah, so let's. Which is what they want. No pressure, Christian Welch. He's kind of yeah. the weak side do, linebacker. Do you, do you think Ben Neiman's in that same? Yeah. Or Nick, Nick Neiman, I'm sorry. Do you think he's in that same position? I think Nick Neiman's pretty right. solid That's there. Okay. okay. But yeah. if uh, they could decide to move. Nick to weak side and, and bring in Barrington sure. Wade outside or um, Jaimon Colbert weak yep. side. A couple other guys. Yep. Another guy that got mentioned yesterday, Dylan Doyle. He's going to play right away. Mm-hmm. One of many, one of five true freshmen to play. And I, I, uh, Phil Parker told told me last week, told us last week that he's looking good at middle linebacker. Where's forty three, by the way? Hmm. So, I yeah. I, what I'd like to see him do with Dylan, if he is kind of the middle linebacker of the future, is. Try to get him in four games and no more. Yeah, keep if that possible, red shirt and keep that red shirt. Yeah, uh, he could be a, a three-year starter after Amani Jones. Um, with that being said, maybe Mark, we'll start with you on this. How much should we? Let's say that this game is a three-touchdown game. The Hawkeyes' offense looks great. The defense is stacked, and all of a sudden, how much should we take away from the use of a Spencer Petrus or? Uh, I think that's a that's a great example. Some of these defensive backs. Yeah. I mean, I think it depends on how they look. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, just because they play them, I don't think doesn't mean they're going to play them all year. I do think they're gonna really going to mm-hmm. try to keep those guys at four games or less, except for the five guys that, whose names he mentioned yesterday, because those guys are going to play special teams for sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and it, that would be good news for the Hawkeyes, honestly, if they can get some of those guys in in the first game, because I'm, I'm not sure it's going to be that one-sided. No. We'll get to that. But the other freshmen are Riley <laughs> Moss, uh, Julius Brents, Nico Regani. And uh, Tyler Linderbaum will actually probably be in the defensive tackle rotation, and in my opinion, yep. could be another guy in that four-game mix. Um, Let's get you said that we might get to why you don't think it'll be uh, that wide open. Man, Amir Smith Marset said this is going to be oh, yeah. a lot more exciting offense. What do you? What's the offensive game plan for Saturday? What do you think, Chad? Yeah, I think uh, talking to Nate Stanley yesterday, and I'll have more on this um, in my my game day column, but they're primary objective is to stay out of third and long because that's that's where they see northern illinois as actually you know having the the strength uh on defense when they can kind of tee off come after the passer and you don't want to get nate staley hurt that's another factor right (laughs) without (laughs) without jackson and Wirfs, that would be really disastrous so i expect them to to look for i mean it's easier said than done but i think they're gonna i would look for quick passes where you don't have to worry about deep drops you know long pass protection. I think they've got good options with Nick Easley. Uh, obviously, no offense, T.J. Hawkinson, Hawkinson. Right. I mean, those three guys right there give you three options. And if you're, you know, if Stanley is as good as they say he is at, at reading the defenses, he should be able to find those guys. So that's kind of what I look for. I don't, 
I don't know what to expect from the running game, but I think I think a short passing game will work, and, I, and definitely will. I think we'll definitely see some deep shots downfield as long as the, the protection holds up. Mark, what do you what do you think? Game plan, identity of the offense on Saturday. When we get done, uh, when we get done Saturday, what will we remember the offense by? <laughs> well, I mean, for Hawkeye fans, hopefully a win. I I should point out that Sutton Smith is not the only defensive lineman they have. They returned all four <laughs> starters from last year, so they they've actually had a pretty good pass rush there. They're not doing the one ten. Hold up. Thought we were going to see that rare one five four. <laughs> That's encouraging, <laughs> but uh, I do think I think I think we're going to see Ivory Kelly Martin involved uh, quite a bit in the passing game. It sounds like that's something he's really been working hard on, and he said he even lines up uh, split out at times, which we saw occasionally with Akram Wadley uh, last year. I think they didn't do as much as they wanted to, so uh, they've got three backs they really like. Maybe uh, maybe they use two of them at a time, uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know exactly what we're going to see. I'm not. I don't have a real good read on that yet, but I, but I'm very curious to see how it all works. Amir Smith-Marset's been a, a young man in the time that he's been allowed to talk. He's had a lot to say. And, Chad, he says that this offense is going to be, quote, way more explosive mm-hmm. in 2018. Any idea what that looks like? Well, I just think uh, Brian Ferris referenced it a, a couple weeks ago when we talked to them. He said they're, they're going to take deep shots because that's going to loosen up the run game. Uh, they haven't been able to the last couple of years, obviously. Uh, you know That's been a major, you know, shortcoming in this offense so i expect them to they've got they've got guys they trust downfield now smith marset brandon smith we still need to see it and kyle gronaweg still remains a a guy that they say i mean everyone says that this guy is really fast and he's not he, he's got the body type of nick easley but more of a speedster hmm. and so i'm curious to see i still have no idea what he's gonna bring to the table um, another thing we learned this week is Amir Smith Marset is the return man, primary return man. So he's got a lot, in his, and and that's pretty. I mean, to give a true sophomore that role, I think says a lot about it. He was growth. there at times last year, wasn't he? It, it, Kick return, it, it, yeah, yeah, not yeah. punts. So and we, and if I remember, he had a. Didn't he have the really bad mental mm-hmm. air on the one? Yep. Kickoff, yeah, but he had some time to learn. Yes. He said, I learned not to. I learned to let it go. He said, and he turned nineteen today, by the way. So he is still very young. That's a very good point, Mark. What do you think he means by that? That it's going to be way more explosive. I mean, first and ten against Northern Illinois, first snap of the season. Are we going to see play action go up top? Well, that's what he's hoping. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, part of that might be wishful thinking on his part, but I, I do think that he he feels like he's a lot more. Consistent. He kept using the word consistent. I thought that was kind of interesting yesterday because you know he, he he beat himself up a little bit about those drop passes that he had last year, which everybody saw happen. Uh, and uh, and he thinks he's really worked on that. His hands are much more uh, secure this year. But uh, he's certainly the fastest guy they have. And I would I would actually throw Noah Fant into that discussion too about wow. deep threats. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, uh, that's what he's hoping. I also think they might use him in the run game a little bit. Uh, you know, we've seen him yeah. hand the ball to him right. at times and, and reverse field and just let him try to get into space. So. I believe that's what he's talking about, and of course, you would expect every offensive player to say we're going to be more explosive because they were not very much at all last year. So uh, that's uh, that's probably his hope, and uh, we'll find out a lot more on Saturday because they're playing a pretty good defense. Chad, we haven't talked a lot about the uh, the other side of the ball, this Hawkeye defense, and how it matches up with mm-hmm. Northern Illinois' offense. Can you give us a breakdown? Yeah, they've got a uh, quarterback named Marcus Childers, who is the MAC uh, freshman of the year a year ago. So. Kind of a dual threat, kind of a yeah. dual threat guy, um, but uh, but their offense was was far from prolific a yeah. year ago. Yeah. So uh, that's one area where I think um, 
Iowa could have some success. Now they are supposed to be pretty decent on the offensive line, so we'll. It'll be interesting to see how much penetration Iowa's defense can get. But uh, I heard I heard that guy on the radio come, driving over here and um, from from DeKalb, and uh, I agree. I think it, this is probably one of the few I see as more of a lower scoring game. Um, I don't see an explosive offense, but uh, I see a, a type of game like the North Dakota State game. Yeah. You know, kind of a grinded out type of game. Yep. And and Mark mentioned we might get some weather on Saturday too. Yeah, I don't know much about that. Tell us, fill us in, Mark. It just says uh, storms are in the forecast. I'm not sure if it means all day or a certain time yeah. of day, but that's that's the forecast we had today in our paper over here was that uh, it's going to be you know low 80s, kind of muggy, but they're they're expecting intermittent rain, maybe even heavy at times uh, throughout the day, which is I think what we're also going to have Friday over here too. So. Uh, something to keep an eye on. Uh, I don't think it's going to be as bad as it was, you know, last night. I mean, Chad and I were both sitting there through that. That was a mm-hmm. total deluge. But uh, I don't think it's also going to be just, you know, sunny and dry all day either. Any but, concern with the dual threat quarterback and and breaking in new linebackers? Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm I'm more worried about the linebackers uh, next week against Iowa State yeah. and David it's, Montgomery. But yeah. uh, you know, I think this week they're going to try to. I I doubt we'll see much blitzing. I think they're going to try to. Um, you know, bend but don't mm-hmm. break. That's the plan. Phil Parker talked to yeah. me about. You know, they just don't want to give up point. big plays. I think they feel like yeah. if they don't give up big plays to, to Northern Illinois, you know, they're going to make a mistake at some point or you know stall out at some point. Yeah, you know, Iowa should have the better players, especially on. I think we'll see a lot of punting. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I want to mention about the offense quick is I heard I heard that guy uh, in our Hawk Central listeners may not have heard this, but the secondary sounds like their weak spot. Yes. Am I hearing that correctly? Mm-hmm. What's interesting yeah. there, too, is uh, they start a former Hawkeye, Jalen Embry, uh, oh. transferred a couple of years ago uh, to Northern Illinois. Wow. Yeah. And then another little interesting tidbit that, that picked up on yesterday, Kelton Copeland, the current receivers coach at Iowa, was actually recruiting Ivory Kelly Martin to Northern Illinois. He was he was recruiting contact, obviously a nearby Chicago kid, and he ends up. They both end up at Iowa, so they they've been kind of joking about or laughing about that, you know. Yeah, but, uh, they, they could have been on the other side of the field here yeah. for Week One. Yeah. All right, uh, we'll start with you, Chad. Let's give it a prediction here. Do you think Coach Ferentz gets win one forty four this week? I do. Uh, in our preseason picks, uh, you know at I projected it to be twenty-seven seventeen. Um, I actually picked that score before I knew the Iowa offensive tackles were out, um, but uh, but I'm going to stick with it. I think the, I think this is a type of game where it's pretty close throughout. Iowa might even trail um, at some point um, during the game, but I do like. I still think Nate Stanley. I'm very high on him this year. I think he's a difference maker with quick decisions. I wouldn't be surprised to see him throw the ball a lot unless it's pouring rain. So, but. Uh, I don't know, but I don't know what to expect, expect from Iowa's running game. But I think they'll be okay through the air. So I've still got twenty-seven seventeen. Mark, what do you think happens? Yeah, I liked uh, Chad's comparison earlier to the North Dakota State game, although I don't see that same outcome. But uh, this is a team that's just really not going to be worried about coming into the stadium at all. Uh, I think they're gonna, they're going to be here ready to play. I think it's a good veteran team. I don't think they have the skill players that do a lot of testing of Iowa's defense, especially in the past game. So I, I expect a lower scoring game, just like Chad said. I, I had it twenty to ten in our preseason uh, uh, rundown, and I'm going to stick with that score. I think it's. I mean, it, it, if, it, if there's a defensive score, then I think things can get a little maybe more toward Chad's score. But I still think the offense is, to me, it looks like about a twenty to ten game for Iowa. 
grind it out, get the win, and move on to, to Skyhawk Week. Northern Illinois is four and one against Big Ten teams yeah, under this coach. Yep. They, uh, they, four of their last won, five years. Yeah, they won at Iowa, 2013. You, met, you guys may remember that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake Rudock's first start. They won, and then they won a few weeks later at Purdue, 55-24. Uh, they won at Northwestern in 2014. Yeah. They lost by just seven points at number one Ohio State <laughs> in 2015. Number one. Uh, and that was a really good Ohio State team. That and then year. won at Nebraska last won year? Won at Nebraska last year. So, this, as Mark said, this is not exactly, you know, Kent, this, isn't this isn't Kent State. State. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to use a Kent State punchline the next five Mark, years. Mark, did you say 20, 2010? I did, yes. Yeah. So, so you've got Miguel Racino's getting a couple of field goals in there. I can't give him. I can't. Sure. I, I can't have more field goals for Racino's than Emmert did. That doesn't make any sense. No. Why so, not? Yeah, because you're the kicking guy. I mean, you're the one that's going to overestimate how that all season long. So you have to set the bar, and then we have to come underneath it. Oh man. You know, you right. guys, you guys have swung me a little bit on this. That the fact that. Um, Northern Illinois is missing a few offensive weapons. They don't have any experience at wide receiver anyway, and they've got now they're a, a tight end and a wide receiver that are both suspended for this game. Mm-hmm. So I don't think their the offense is going to be a huge problem, and I don't think they pull they get too deep into the playbook here against Northern Illinois either. So I think you're right. We might see a pretty boring game, a low-scoring game. I'll say 17-10. Mm. Hawkeyes oh. win, but but don't cover. And that, that's a big change because I wanted to go, especially with Mark saying it's going to be wet, possibility of that happening that day. I just think you kind of keep things close to the vest, make yeah. sure you get out of there healthy. It's not an explosive offense. Right. Win there. the game. You're not even don't, close don't to explosive over. with oh, that. man. I mean, Miss mm-hmm. Smith-Marset will be, He'll be disappointed when he hears this. Well, I'm, you know. Maybe he'll have the two touchdowns, though. The exact, you know what? Show me wrong. Prove me wrong, <laughs> Mir Smith-Marset. I'd love to be wrong. I'm sure he's listening right now. <laughs> Chad, thanks so much, man. He listens to the podcast. Well, yeah, I mean, in an hour or so. I mean, the guy's busy. Yeah. He's got stuff to do. He's focused <laughs> on Northern Illinois tape right now. Probably won't even listen to this till Sunday. So congratulations on the big win, Amir. <laughs> Mark, we'll chat with you next Wednesday, man. And we'll, uh, I'll, I'll thanks, probably guys. hit you up at some point on Saturday just to let you know how frustrated I am or oh, excited absolutely. or something. All right, buddy. Talk to Can't you soon. <laughs> Chad, thanks for setting up another fun one for us. Next Wednesday, we're, we don't know that we will get a coach next Wednesday. We'll see what happens, but all season long here on Hawk Central, you're going to get access to college football coaches, Iowa Hawkeye coaches. It's going to be a great season here on Hawk Central, 1460 KXNO.